Like, I want to see your mannerisms. Like, your brother's like, I'm just fucking guy. Like, yeah, I can see you just going crazy. He gets, 100%. he gets so loud. Like, when we're when we're playing games, he does that same loud voice. And he gets so loud, the microphone will cut him off. Yeah, it's, it it's just cuts him Just like it when we play softball. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Just like softball, I get loud. I'm barefoot most How come of you time. haven't played in a while? I broke two ribs last time I did the Homer Dome. So that was how long ago? Two years ago. You should be fine now? Yeah, that, that's that's weighing on me. How old are you? 35. Yeah, so you're not... You were retired at my age. I'm, I'm still <laughs> playing and I'm 30. Oh, I, I thought I'm you were still retired. Playing. I played, I've been playing all year. I missed one game because my dad for? passed away. Um, Lake, I'm not Lake Region. I'm thinking my old team. Uh, with Wilmot, Rent Event. We're Rent Event oh, this okay. year. Yeah. So we played... I don't know who you were playing with. Cordero's, I think, right? No, I was playing with him. Yeah, the last time we playing. played, we played with Mark. Did you? Yeah. yeah. The, we, the last we, season. So you guys haven't played, played in that long, then. You, yeah, actually, I remember you playing with us. No, yeah, because we, we combined no, teams because we still had Mitch on the team. That's when I that's when I first blasted yeah, my left did. leg. Or No, it wasn't Mitch on the team. I'm sorry. Mitch played against us because Vinny and them started yeah, the team. When, when we went to Mark's team. Folded, yeah. We went back and started playing with Mark again. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That's that was right. a few years ago. Yeah, because we were still playing up at the school. Yeah, but I haven't played in a while because I'm out of sh- I'm out of shape, and if I swing a bat, I'll probably throw my back out. <laughs> I gotta I get myself into back into the shape. Homer Dome and played with my little brother and all the Western Wayne kids because they're all like 22. Were you there the year that I broke my hand? Probably. So, <laughs> but I was also probably intoxicated because that's what that tournament well, is. Well, so I'll tell you a funny story. So, and I won't mention the person's name that did this in case we are recording right now, but. Um, <laughs> We remember the year we had the the pole lights, the leeward construction lights. Yeah, up? yeah. So our first mm-hmm. game was like eleven o'clock at night. It was crazy, and I'm playing third base. Was I was playing with Craig with shortstop. We had mixed that team up, and I'm playing third, and this chick is up. So good player, but I'm playing a little too close, and she hits this screamer, and bent my thumb back like in my glove. Like I took the glove off, and it was swollen, black and blue already. So. I'm like, someone give me an ibuprofen. So one of our friends that we know mutually gives me an ibuprofen. So, <laughs> I, and that's what he thought it was. So I'm like, oh, I don't feel good. It was a damn Percocet. And I had already had three beers in me. Oh, no. So oh, I was no. not doing so well. <laughs> so I played the rest of the week and with a broken hand. Oh, man. Yeah, it was a bad day. Now I'm trying to think of it. What the homer Dome- was it? This guy doesn't care. This guy doesn't care. I try to hold. He didn't know. He didn't know. He he apologized. He's like, I am so sorry, but I didn't want to throw him under the bus. So sorry, Chris. But anyway, um, yeah, he's he felt terrible, and I'm like, I got to tell my boss now because if I wreck a car, (laughs) you got to get yeah. And I had to explain like if I have to go for a drug test, like this was an accident, purely an accident. If I don't tell them, and then I get an accident, I that was an accident. I'm screwed. Mm. So. Yeah, I had to tell him right away. But yeah, he How did thought, that go? Uh, it was an interesting conversation, but once I showed him my hand, he goes, well, you should have got that prescribed anyway. So that was the end of the conversation. But I was like, yeah, I didn't work for about a week. It was messed up. And those Homer Dome tournaments were always fun. Yeah. I always enjoyed those. I miss them. They're, it's late this year, right? Yeah, it's like the week of the fair. It's in August this year. It's the weekend of the fair. That's a I haven't even week to have it. Yeah. I, I haven't even seen anything advertised Well, that's, for it yet. again, I can't say 100%, but someone was talking about it at our game on Wednesday 
that it's actually the week of the fair. That's terrible. That, the opening night of the fair or something like that. I usually ask. Janelle, usually the last week in June. Yeah, I usually ask Janelle to take to keep my kid, so I can just because she knows what that is. Yeah, we were together through plenty of. It's a long weekend, <laughs> and I like even if I'm not playing, I just like to go and watch because yeah. there's a lot of good ball that gets played. Yep. Yeah, especially with some of those New York teams that bring they bring in. Yeah, they bring up some good teams over yeah, there. Yeah, not Ooh. not just not just that. I mean, you got the beer tent. The beer tent. You don't need there. the beer tent. A lot of you I'm guys su- don't need. I'm surprised to cover your ears over there. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I'm surprised you say that. I'm not on duty at that time, so I take that. So you were the one year. <laughs> I was. Yes, you were. You're right. Year. You don't want to know what I did in my car that day. I don't want to know. I saw enough of you that weekend. It's just <laughs> you plead the fifth. Nah, there was no fifth involved. <laughs> well, it might have that been a fifth, handle. but yeah, I was going to say right. That's the right for the So is your right then? Yep. Running the first. Did case. he tell you what he did? Yeah. Well, okay. oh, we, well that's we what we discussed it. it last yeah. week. Yeah. 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 I we did. I started laughing when I heard that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> did Novella tell you what he did to his car that one year, though? Mm. His inspection was out for like a year. Yeah. So I pulled up behind him. I looked at it. He goes, stay away from my car. And he walks away. <laughs> Took an entire roll of caution tape and just wrapped his car up. Well, That's I remember you showed up and you told you asked me to get find the people whose cars were parked in front yeah, of Yeah, they're blocking set. our garage because we going to get my car out. Yeah. yeah, we park our patrol cars in there. So I just wanted to barn and I was like, yeah, he's got to go. Someone actually went through the trouble of moving the cones and the caution tape to pull and put their car there and then put the cones back. It was nice they put them back, <laughs> but, you know. That's so nice of you them. You still can't park there. No, definitely not. <laughs> but yeah, no, that year was right after that rainstorm. So first base on the on the Homer Dome itself, like, V'd out. I'm, I'm already tuned. Yeah. Trying mm-hmm. to run it out. You were in rough shape already, but it was funny. I understand what goes on down there. Rolled, as long as no one's causing a ruckus, we don't really care. Rolled yeah. my ankle right before the base, <laughs> caught the front of the bag with my toe of the other foot, came down all my weight on my shoulder with my elbow tucked into my ribs. Not good. No bueno. I think it was against Barna's team, too. All of them thought I like blew my knee. Yeah. Because they just heard something pop, and I was like, uh-uh. Not realizing it was your ribs. I can't breathe. <laughs> Cool story. I feel I, like I heard this recently. You have. You have. Probably more than once. I peed in the closet that night, okay? Ugh. All right, that's... <laughs> <laughs> TMI. Was it your own closet? Um, the no. fact that you do... Okay, you remember. All right, that's good enough. No. <laughs> no. She's an amazing person, though. And I'm so happy she she didn't hate me after that. She's like, we're going to read to that closet anyway. Wow. Oh, my God. That's rough, dude. You both know her. Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember who it was. Yeah, Cece. Oh. <laughs> I love her. She must love you if she let you get away with that. <laughs> if she knew how bad I was, how much pain and how intoxicated I was. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bad night. All right, so now that we're into this a little bit here, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, um... You guys know me. I'm Aaron Berthalf. I'm a police officer um, with Waymart in Hollyboro Police Departments. I'm also a public safety director for a private community down by Blakesley. I'm not going to mention the name just because I don't know if they're going to be mad if I say that or not. Right. Um, part-time for Holly, part-time for Waymart, and full-time down there running security operations for a private community of about 3,000 homes. Beautiful. Yeah, see, I wanted to, I wanted to let you introduce yourself because I wasn't sure what titles you wanted to give. What kind of information you want? Oh, that's to get fine. About, so yeah, that's cool. Figure that's the best way to go about it. That's fine. 
That's a lot of homes to manage. Yeah. It's I'm glad I don't have my boss's job. That's yeah. that's bigger than most of the towns that you work in. Yeah, yeah. We have we have something like forty something miles of road we cover down there. And it's funny I say that because my boss is on vacation this week and I'm the acting GM, so Oh nice. I have to deal with that stuff. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So there's a chance you get a phone call while we're doing this and you got Oh, my phone's call. on silent. They'll deal with what I deal with it when I get back to it. <laughs> so it is what it is. I like it. I like it. So, um, we met, I think I just met you years ago in softball. Mm-hmm. And the first time that we met, you told me that, uh, you, you first met my father back when he worked on the force. Yes. So, like, you've known me and him kind of like my family for all those years. Yeah. And before we started recording, you were telling a story about how you met him. You want to tell that story on air? Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, we, I was down at, Wayne Hotel one night, just picking up food after my shift was over, and someone came into the bar area and was like, there's someone fighting with the cops over there, and they're pointing, and I'm like, so I left my shit, and there's my first swear. <laughs> put the tash mark down. Get the, there's a mason jar. Yeah, I should toss just put a quarter in, in there. <laughs> um, sorry, guys. So I went outside, and I hear people yelling, and they're trying to get someone in the police car. And I knew your dad's partner, but didn't per se know your dad. Mm-hmm. So I walked up. I said, hey, it's me. And I introduced, they knew who it was at that point. Um, and helped them get this person in the car. And that was the end of it. And your dad actually thanked me. And we had a quite a conversation after that. It was just, you know, introducing ourselves and back and forth. And then probably, I want to say, maybe a week or two later, um, it's about 2 o'clock in the morning coming home from work. And this is when traffic was still two-way in Honesdale. So you could come up Main Street the other way. So 2 a.m., there's I'm looking. There's no one around. And I'm, like, almost through the intersection. A light turns red. So I said, screw it. I'm going. And pulled me over. <laughs> so I'm like, shit, here we go. So I'm still dressed. And here comes your dad up to the window. Just looks and laughs. He goes, I'm going to give this to you. And his partner, who I was helping on the other call, just like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, I'm really sorry. I just want to go home and go to bed. I thought it was still yellow. No, get out of here. And that was the end of that. But, <laughs> but since then, your dad has actually given me the reason to not wear my uniform home from work. I don't. I change it wherever I go. Mm-hmm. I don't wear my uniforms to or from work anymore. Yeah. So I don't want to be feel like, oh, you're wearing your uniform, so you got a privilege. It's, yeah. It's not how I do things. So I just take it off and change it my work and go home. I mean, to be fair. To be fair. Knowing his, his dad as long as I have. He's kind of used the sticker in the window quite a bit to get away with. with Are you talking about me? No, not you. Not you. Your dad. Oh, okay, yeah. Going to Danville the one year. That that magic uh, FOP shield sticker. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm oh. telling. We made it from Honesdale, Danville, in like an hour and ten minutes. That's awesome. Just shoo. that's crazy though. <laughs> that's a that's quick. <laughs> no, nope, nobody, nobody even looked at it twice i was like jesus well back then back then when i when i started driving the family members of officers were allowed to have the fop sticker sticker. yeah i I remember the first time i got pulled over with that sticker i was on on casey highway i forget where i was going um you're coming back i yeah i forget where i was going or coming from thank you for pointing out that oh no i was just trying to get help help you like but no they pulled me over and they come up to the car and the first words out of their mouth weren't license and registration it was who's who's the cop (laughs) 
So I let him know, and then I sat there bullshitting with him for a good five to ten minutes about my dad. I mean, I wasn't doing anything that bad. I was a couple miles an hour over the speed limit. It wasn't that bad. But, uh, you know. Three digits. It was pretty It was pretty nice to have that sticker. They ended up doing away with that from what I recall. Or maybe that's just the lie that my dad told what, me. The stickers? Mm-hmm. With, with family members, anyway. I don't know, because I don't give those things out. Like, my business yeah. cards are mine. If you have an investigation, here, here's a business card. Call me at the office. But yeah. I don't, like, give them to my friends, because some of my friends that I know, that we all know, <laughs> yeah. No, that's well, just. Yeah, I know him. They might get two tickets for that, but you know, it's just no. Yeah. I'll tell you another story. I was going to Pittsburgh. Uh, a friend of mine is a big Steelers fan, so I just bought a brand new 2013 Hyundai Sonata. Bought it Saturday. We're going to Pittsburgh on Sunday, so we're going down 22. It's 7:30 in the morning. There's no one on the road, and I'm not paying attention. So we go through this work zone, but the lights aren't flashing. And I don't know if you guys know, like, when work zones are active, the lights flash. And it doubles your fines and everything else. So I see this trooper in a median looking right at us as we turn the corner. I just pulled over, and I waited for him. And he comes up to the window, and he goes, thank you for stopping. You're either stupid, you're a judge, or you're a cop. (laughs) I said, well, would you take two out of three? And he's like, well, I've never met a stupid judge before. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm like, I'm really sorry, dude. Like, we're just cruising along. We're going to Pittsburgh. Here's my license. Here's my registration. He goes, are you a cop? I'm like, it doesn't really matter at this point. Like, I screwed up. Like, I deserve this one. He's like, where are you from? And I, I showed him my ID. He's like, all right, cool. It's no problem. I said, it's really a problem because I got to pay more attention to this. Yeah. And that's, like, the only time I've really got pulled over for something, like, that crazy. Like, everybody gets pulled over all the time. But so he takes off and leaves, and we keep going down the road. Like, two miles away, he's in the next meeting, and he's waving at us as we're driving by. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? But I made sure we were at 65, so. Right. But, yeah, that was just, oh. See, that's that's another thing that I love about being in a small town, growing up in a small town, and still being here. Um, we get to know the cops pretty well. I mean, yeah, my dad, my dad was a cop when I was growing up, so I got to know the guys then, but even now you get to know the guys, and it mm-hmm. gives you more of a personal feel to it, too. Yeah, smaller town, lets you know that, to work. I, lets you know that they're real people. I definitely don't know as many as when we were younger. Like, I well, obviously yeah. know Aaron, and then we know... I only know two townies right now. Yeah, well, they, they've been swapping a lot in and out, it seems. There's a lot of guys that are changing jobs. Well, um, I heard they wanted to get rid of the... The townies in Honesdale. I don't know. I didn't hear anything and about that. But cover that with the state. That that was that was something that was discussed months ago. From what we were told on the outside looking in, because they didn't want to pay as many full time officers, and they wanted part time guys, but they couldn't get part time guys. That would be so so difficult to do. That's what I thought from, too. Just from a financial aspect, it, that would be so hard to do, and the taxpayers would be in an uproar. If council ever decided to try to do something like the that, the town would still have to pay the states to cover the area. Right? No, not necessarily. But the state are trying to push a bill right now where, if your town does not have police coverage or part-time coverage, it's an extra tax per household. Oh, really? For the state police coverage, and they're not going to be able to give you any more coverage than they already are. So essentially, you're going to be paying more money to not have police than if you just pay your taxes and. Put the police department where they need to be. Yeah. That's completely opposite of defund the police. Yeah. So it's yeah. completely And that's not something that's like, it's not set in stone, but that's a bill that's in the Senate right now in, state, in the state of Pennsylvania 
to do that. So hopefully that doesn't pass. I hope, well, I hope not either. But it's gonna, in a sense, it might force the municipalities that don't have PDs to get on board. To like at least hire a couple part time. I've yeah. been a fan of since I started doing this job of regionalizing the whole county. You have police departments in Waymart, Hawley, Honesdale, and Goolsboro, Lehigh Township. So you can, in a sense, put everybody in their own little substations and just expand their patrol zones and problem solved. But the problem runs into there now is you've got four police chiefs. Who's the chief? you got three lieutenants. Who's your lieutenants? You know, you got all these sergeants, all these corporals. Who gets rank? Who does what? Right. And that's it's going to be a power struggle. And then you're going to get into the bigger towns like Texas Township's got a really big tax base. They're going to actually pay more for the coverage than another township. It's like, say, Damascus, where there's not a big tax base up there. Who's going to... Well, they're paying more than... You know, we're not paying as much as them. You know, they should be paying more than we are. It's just... It's going to get well, crazy. And there's the other thing, too. You're going to expand the zones. And as far as I'm aware, Waymart and Hawley pay less than say Honesdale. So how, how as far as paying the officers? The officers. Oh, yes. Yeah, so. Right? <laughs> we have So to, that and I that was going to be that was going to be another question was Okay. with uh well I'll let you go first cuz this will probably be a longer answer. I, I was the, it goes along with that. I don't know I don't remember if we were on air or off air with Jeff last week when we were talking about it. But when I was working for the Mason and his niece's husband got a part-time gig up in Forest City or Carbondale. I can't remember which one. They didn't even give him a gun. Like, he had to buy his own weapon, mm-hmm. and he started at, like, $9 an hour. Mm-hmm. Now, this is, like, 12 years ago. All right, so I've been doing this this part of law enforcement for since 2008. Started in Hawley. First job I applied for. It was in the academy still. Got hired. So it's mapped out for you. Your starting pay is nine twenty five an hour. Wow. Starting pay. That's not enough. Hold on. It's not. Had to buy my own gun. They supplied me a vest because I didn't have one. If I had the money to buy one, I had to buy one myself. We have our own gun belts. We get a $200 a year uniform allowance. So you figure your patches, your alterations to your pants, there's $150 right there. So now you got $50 to buy boots or to save money for three or four years to buy a jacket out of your uniform allowance. Now, thankfully, we all have other jobs where we can buy what we need, but these boroughs don't have the funding to yeah. pay us. So I literally started at nine twenty-five in September of 08, and then when I got off probation, I went to $10 an hour. Right, and I, and I... Now, here's the other side of this. I paid to put myself through the academy. Yeah. This, this borough didn't pay for that. So I spent $4,500 of my own money just on tuition. That's not counting the psyche evaluation you have to take, the reading test that they make you take, the physical, the psychological evaluation. All that stuff is extra that you have to pay just to apply to get in, and then you may not get accepted. Or And, and then you get accepted, you go through the six months. Like I did it full-time for six months, or you can do a part-time class for 11 and a half months. If you graduate, and you may not get a job. Like, there's guys that I went to the academy with that are now working at the federal prison because they can never land a police job anywhere. So you're running the gamut of spending potentially $70,000 for a job you may never get. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And and if you do get it locally, like, small town area, not like NYP, they make decent money. Still probably not enough. You'd be surprised. Well, so I'll, I'll give you this question. How much... 
How much would your job have to pay you to know potentially you may not come home that day? How much would they have to pay you an hour? And that that's exactly that's a, a right. lot more than that. You, you can't put a price on your own no. life. So exactly. you, you can't set a dollar amount for a police officer to go out there and do what we do. And I'm not saying it's just police either, like the sheriffs, even the corrections officers. They don't get enough respect, in my opinion, because they're in the jail yeah. with these guys. With the people who have already committed right. these crimes. They don't care. And especially if they're, like, coming down off of something, they're in, they're not in the right state of mind. Or you just get people that are just n- terrible people yeah. that don't care. Yeah, like we have the Fed prison, like the people up there. Like, so, they're, they're locked up for life, basically. I'll, t- I'll tell you this, Come though. On now. I, I don't, it's no disrespect to anybody that works in any jail, federal, state, county. County is probably the worst place to work. Here's why. I've heard that, too. I worked in a county jail. I worked in the county jail. So I've kind of progressed through this whole thing, and I'll get into that in a little while. But I worked in the jail. They're not classified when they come in. So you go to a state prison, you know, DUIs, you're going to a different place. Murderers, you're going to this prison. When you're awaiting trial and sentencing and all that stuff, you're in the county facility. So you got your DUIs, your, I'm trying to think of the nice word to put here, mm. your inappropriate people, children, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Predators. Yeah, there you go. Because I, I have my own words for them, and it's probably not appropriate for me to say, but they're, <laughs> all, appropriate. they're all commingled. They're all in the same area. So how do you police that? Now you got the guys that know you child, you're a child molester. I don't like you. So now you have like this honor among thieves thing. So now they have to be segregated. So they're in their own space. And you can't let them out with the rest of the people. It, it's just, it's the county guys don't get enough credit for what they do. And being on the ground floor with them, knowing what they do, they surely don't get enough credit for what they do. And then on top of all of that, the chances of knowing people in the county prison, like coming in. Oh, yeah is way higher than state or federal level. So, right. like, you're seeing people come in, and you're like, fuck, I went to high school with you. Well, yeah. so thankfully for me, I moved over here in 01. So I didn't really get to know anybody around here till I started becoming more social, like, and everything else. Like, I was still working in New York when I moved over here. But um, when I started working in the jail, I didn't know anybody. And that's where I started meeting a lot of people. So um, I just kind of moved through, like... When I wanted to start this career, um, I don't know if I told you this or not. I was going to be a music teacher. Were you really? Yeah. So that was my major in college. Like, I'm going to go be a music teacher. This is what I want to do. I love playing the saxophone. I love playing the piano. I was in musicals, all sorts of crap. And people are probably thinking, like, wow, what a weirdo. But nah, anyway. man, listen, I always wanted to. I always wanted to learn how to play piano. That's the one instrument I wish I learned how to play. It's awesome, and it's it's relaxing. That's my out. Like my favorite band. I love them because they're a punk rock band. That has piano in it it's just it's just a beautiful sound yeah i love it. it's not that weird no so that was what i was gonna do and i was in one of my classes and my professors like was late so another our sociology professor came in and was like we're gonna do this exercise and i want you guys to close your eyes and see where you are five years from now so we listened to him i couldn't stand this guy he was a pain in the ass so I just sat there, I closed my eyes, and in 30 seconds, my eyes were open, I reached over, picked up my bag, I walked out, huh. and that was it. I think my mom to this day is still pissed off at me for not getting my teaching certification. She goes, you're going to be a great teacher. Eh, it's not what I want to do anymore. Like, this was kind of, I don't want to say it was forced upon me, but when I was younger, it was like, hey, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And it was like, my, my graduating class in high school was 80 kids. So that's a small high it's school. small class. That's you know, we literally had wow. 340 kids from freshman to senior year. That's what we had. What, you go to Eldred? No, uh, <laughs> Tri Valley. 
<laughs> so Eldridge was like 40 kids for the whole school. Yeah. But anyway, um, it was just kind of forced. Like, you're doing this. I want you to do this. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll do it. But I, it wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. So now as I'm driving home, what am I going to do? I have no idea where I'm going to go now. Like, this is all I've ever known. And I got pulled over by this douchebag trooper on the highway. Treats me like I'm the world's biggest piece of shit because I was going 10 miles an hour with a speed limit. Okay, now, dude, listen. I know somebody like that around here. (laughs) (laughs) 20 years old. Like, I don't want to be bothered with this. So I took my lumps. I took my ticket. I'm driving, and I'm sitting to myself, God, I never want to be like that guy. And that was it. That was your moment. I want to be a cop because I want to help people, but not like this. Like, you can have a conversation with people about something they did, and sometimes the education part of it is better than giving them a fine. That's, saying, the, that's you that teacher part of you. Well, yeah, that's true. That probably I guess helps. it's probably still in there because, um, so we'll go back to the original question, but um, the biggest thing I tell these guys in this line of work is discretion. That's a word that when I'm training my new guys coming in, even at the community, discretion. You don't have to write a ticket every time you pull somebody over. You don't have to arrest someone. For certain instances, right off the bat, like obviously a murderer, a robber, things like that. Yeah, you you have no choice. But I'll give you a couple stories where I kind of use my brain and kind of you know work things out for someone instead of that. Um, you sometimes get in a kind of a moral dilemma. So I had a girl run a stop sign and pulled her over, talking to her, nicest nice kid in the world. I look in the back seat, and there's two empty car seats, no kids in the car. We ran a stop sign. It's ten o'clock at night. You're coming home from work. So now the moral part takes over. Do I write this woman a $182 citation or do I worry about her feeding her kids the next two weeks? Mm -hmm. So I ran her license, made sure she wasn't wanted or anything, and um, went back to this car. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm going to cut you a break. Don't do it again. Really? I'm like, yeah, really. Like, I can go back and write it if you want me to. Mm -hmm. She goes, no, but this is really nice. I said, I'm not doing this to be nice. I just want you to understand why. And I explained to her, like, what if your kids were in the car and someone hit you? How are you going to feel? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's 10 o'clock. It's not an excuse because 10 o'clock at night, who knows who's driving around? Right. So, you know, that's the kind of thing. And then the, the, the other thing I tell these guys, like, you don't realize you don't abuse this, but the power that you have over somebody when you're on a stop with them. We had someone. So I don't know if you guys realize we don't have radar guns. Yeah, so, the, the town cops. Yeah, don't know that. state police have radar. Municipal cops do not. So we have like many different ways that we can clock people. We have ESP, NRAD. Um, ESP is like shoots laser beams across the road. It's the same concept as okay. a radar gun, but I have the aerobic stopwatches too, which I was I, gonna, I was gonna say. Isn't there something with yeah. a stopwatch? So, you got lines in the road. You yeah. Have, so yeah. So if you see those little white lines, you may want to slow down. But sometimes yeah. it's too late. So they're set up for a certain distance. Front tires hit the line. You click it. Front tires to the second line, you click it, boom, your, your speed is calculated. So I'm sitting on a back road, and this car just hauls through. Like, I didn't, and I had the watch in my hand. I didn't have a chance to click it the first time before they were at the second line. Hmm. Now, this is a 35-mile-an-hour zone. Go take off, pull this person over. They're literally 20 feet from their house. It's just before Christmas, so I'm having a talk with this person. I'm like, yo why what what are you doing like i couldn't write the ticket because i didn't have the speed so i can't prove how fast they're going but i could at least pull them over and have a chat so i did and at that point the alcohol 
and I could smell. Uh, I was like, whoa. Person ends up to having a job where I could have literally ruined their life if they got arrested for a DUI. Where are you going? Right there. All right. So I'm like, moral dilemma, what do you do? First and only time I've ever dealt with this person on this level. I knew them prior just from the name, but I've never actually had any interaction. So I'm like, listen, we're going to just get you home, and you're going to walk inside, and you're going to call me tomorrow, get my card, call that a conversation with me. So I'm like, okay, cool. So this is where it's a shame on me moment because about two months later, I'm out shopping around in Walmart, and I see this person. He comes up, and they're shaking my hand. Drunk as a skunk. Walk around the store. I'm like, I'll never do that again. Right. Because lesson learned to me, but sometimes you think you're doing the right thing. So, you know, it's just there's a power thing that just you don't want to abuse it, but sometimes you have to try to make a better decision because you don't want to screw anybody up. Right. Now, I I ended up making friends with someone a little over 10 years ago, um, and one of the first things he told me was that uh, my dad saved his life by pulling him over and giving him a DUI. Because at that moment, he decided he was going to turn his life around, stop drinking, mm-hmm. and he basically didn't touch alcohol again after that. So there was a moment where you know he kind of got his life fucked for a little bit, but ended up turning out better for it. And he, he told me, he's like, it's because of your dad. I mean, getting pulled over that night by him was the best thing that ever yeah. happened. So, I I've mean, had, sometimes it is for the better. You get it sometimes. I've, I've had a few people come up to me and tell me yeah. that, too. So, so, okay, so now I want to go back to the question I was going to ask before um, when we were discussing, like, how much money it pays when you first get into the field. Now, I know you said it was nine twenty-five back then or whatever. you got to pay for all your own stuff. Um, nowadays, I just had a conversation with someone a few months back, someone that worked in Holly, and you actually know her. I don't want to say her name on on air here uh because i don't have permission but i believe she told me that it's 13 dollars an hour to start now to start yeah to start so my big question with that is um what makes you or what drives you to to take a job like this where you put your life on the line for that small amount of money when you could go paint for 15 bucks an hour or go do what i'm gonna do and drive for 16 17 bucks an hour so it's 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 wild to me for twenty five, and we'll 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 agree like, before you even answer the question. Thirteen dollars an hour isn't even enough to no. start in my mind. I to put your life on the line every day, not enough. That, that it even puts more in my mind more hate towards the defund the police bullshit. Like what the fuck are you defunding? There's no funding there. Yeah, it's so to answer your question. One one of the big things for me is, and I didn't realize this until probably three months into the work what do you have at your job everybody has one of these a boss mm-hmm. and everybody has a routine that you have to do this this and this every day we don't we get our cars turn the key on we drive you don't know what's coming every day you could have the quietest night in the world or you can have the busiest night in the world and this job has opened so many doors for me and met, I've met so many awesome people that it's you can't really explain it but I didn't know then why I took the job aside from the fact that and I'm not going to give the old I'm here to protect and serve <laughs> answer because that's what a lot of people say that's not it at all I enjoy for the most part helping people 
And I felt this was my second best option to help somebody, like you said before. Like, that's the teacher in you. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy the work. I'm interested in it. I wanted to learn the process. So that's when I decided, hey, this is what I'm going to do. But now it's like once you see what you're doing every day, no two days are exactly the same. It's And that's one of the beauties of what we're doing. Like, you don't have to go left here. You can go right. You don't have to go straight. You can go that way. So there's no... Hey, you have to go do this today. You know, there's calls that we have to answer, but once you tend to what you need to tend to, you're just you got free reign to do whatever you need to do. Right, that can... that part of it's cool, but the whole not knowing what the fuck could happen, especially in today's day and age, like But see, and that's and I know we're we're in, we're in more of a insulated area mm-hmm. from But are we? Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't, because I don't, I don't know, know how it's Because there's that. a lot of people that don't understand this. Because, Where last are year, we? because last year, I know when they did that rally in town, all the businesses shut down because there was a threat of c- city people. Which, But see, here's the thing. and this, I, I'm glad you brought this up because I, I hate social media. Social media needs to be social. It's not social. It's a place where people go in there and bitch and complain and rant. 24-7 yep. about stuff they really don't know about. So Agreed. this bus that was supposedly coming into Honesdale last year. From for Philly, the, right? Yeah. It was supposed to be coming from Philly. From Philly, and there was another one coming from New York that we got a lot of reports. It was total bullshit. But what, how do you put that out there? You're, you know, because there, there's a chance that we're wrong and that these buses are here. Like, so they literally had just about every police department in the county in Honesdale when this was going on, and I think it was totally blown out of proportion. Yeah. I mean... The I, people that were organizing it, we, we happen to know, you guys have on here, was, well, it was one of the people that was there. Yeah. So, he didn't originally organize it. No, but he was one of the speakers, and yeah. he was... Well, he took over the organization. Who, who originally one, organized right. it, I'm related to. Okay. And I'll tell her this to her face, so I have no problem saying it here. When she backed out because of that, I have a problem. Because you organized it in that name, and when they threatened to come up here and do what they do, you ran away from it. Like, I I have a problem with that. The fact that it went on is, is absolutely fine. Yeah. And I, I messaged Bill before he went down, and I was like, dude, like if you need anything, my pistol is ready to go. Like, him and I actually had lunch that day before this one. I went over to his house, and I sat on the back porch with him, and we, we shot the shit, and we're just discussing it. But, so... We got the reports that these buses were coming in. So, actually, a couple of guys went up. They said, oh, they're in Walmart's parking lot right now. So, a couple cars went up there. There's no bus here. Mm-hmm. It was just to get people riled up. Yep. Without Facebook, none of that happens. Without Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is. You know, it's just, it's crazy how things get blown out of proportion. Then we had one in Hawley a few weeks later where the Wall and Paul Pet kids had set up from the high school. So, this is what we did. We're there handing out bottles of water, letting people say what they need to say. This year, we had our Memorial Day parade in Holly, and Senator, I think it was Matt Cartwright, gets off the zone his float. We're standing on the side of the road just directing the rest of the traffic into the park. He comes over to us, and he goes, I remember you guys, and I want to tell you something. You guys get it. When those kids had that protest last year, you let them say what they had to say. Remember you guys handing water and snacks out to them to make them comfortable. That's what community policing is about. And people don't realize maybe that COP stands for Community Orientated Policing. We're not a cop. That's an, that's an 
what, no, shit. That's what it that stands I did for. Not know. That's what it stands for. See, now I was always told that it was a cop because uh, they used to call them cops because they're copper badges. They call them coppers. So my badge is a cop. My badge is silver. Unless it's in Weimar, it's gold. But it could be. It could be like an old Wild West thing, maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. But yeah, that's what it's. Yeah. COP is community oriented policing. Yeah. And that's one of the first things we're taught in the academy. Yes, and 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 with all of those protests and and gathering, like I'm hundred percent fine with that. Say say what you want to say, whether but, I agree with it or not. But see, if more people it. took the stance that you say it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine because if you get these clowns. That are trying to stoke the flames and get everybody and right that's, up. That's just the stop. Only thing that you can go say what you have to say somewhere else. Let them say what they need to say. You know, that's their, everybody's right to do so. Let them do it. Who cares? Let them. There was no problems. It was great. Like it went off without a hitch, and we had no problems whatsoever. Yeah, the one, the one in Honsal, I heard there was, there wasn't any problems, but the there was that instigating group from the ones that get married with fucking rifles. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> they were literally just circling the park. <laughs> it was yeah, it was just a handful. It was just a handful of trucks driving around Central Park down there and causing issues and yelling out. And a couple of them were kids just being assholes. Yeah. And oh, they ended called up out on it and apologizing. They did. I was going to yes. say they did apologize for it. Oh wait, I don't know anything so about that's, this. Though, so. That's a good step in the right direction. And but I think they, it, they still, based off of all the like, they shouldn't have been there if they weren't there to you know participate and and or 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 if you don't agree with it go down and talk to the people and ask why they're yes. there and understand it don't drive around screaming shit out your your big truck window and think you're a big guy when you got little dick energy well, that's like that's what <laughs> that's what we need to get that's the point we need to get to as a society is we need to understand the conversation is needed and shouting people down like that isn't going to help anything. Yeah. With with any issue that we have in the country. Like that and that'll that'll lead us into the next thing I wanted to ask you about. How has doing your job been affected with the environment nowadays around police? There's the whole defund the police movement and just people just hating in general so, officers. From a standpoint, my personal standpoint, this is not a reflection of what anybody else has to say. Mine has not changed one bit. And here's why. I'm doing a job. And my job is no more or less important than your job or your job or someone that works at Walmart or someone that works at a grocery store. And let me explain why. Without everybody, we're all cog in the wheel. So me being a police officer does not necessitate being more important than anybody else here. Because without one spoke, the wheel doesn't go around. So my job hasn't been affected. I Yeah, sure, you get the person that's like, oh, I know this. The one thing I have learned about my job is everybody's an attorney at some point when I stop them. And you want to take me to court, we'll go to court. That's fine. You're, you're going to pay more for a lawyer than we'll just pay your damn ticket. But it is what it is. But I, my job hasn't been affected because I refuse to let it affect me personally. I'm here to do a job. I know as long as I'm doing it the right way... There's nothing anybody's going to do to me that's going to get me in trouble. And that's really what it is. If you follow the rule of thumb in your procedure manuals and your laws, you're going to go. Now, have you have you noticed uh, an increase in people treating you poorly with your interactions? Or has it been really not, not much different at all? Um, so, I'll say this too. 
when your first interaction with somebody, if you're polite to them, nine times out of ten, they're going to be polite back to you. So my initial contact with someone is going to set the tone for how they're going to respond to me. I walk up, good evening, good afternoon, I introduce myself, explain why I stopped them, and we have a conversation. You start off with, oh, what'd you pull me over for? If you calm down, I'll explain why I'm stopping you. You know, and one guy just the other night stopped him for having a taillight out. Let me know my taillight's out. How else would you know if I didn't stop to tell you? Were you going to write me a ticket? No. Stop going to tell you you got a taillight out. <laughs> just, just get it fixed. Yeah, that, that's really all it is. Like, yeah. But people go to this level, and it's our responsibility to bring them back down to where we need them to be, and that's the best way to diffuse it. You know, and I know you talked to Jeff last week, and he had the yeah. same point. Like, you are responsible for bringing that person down to where you need them to be to understand where you need to go with the conversation. You can't let them control the situation. You have to make sure that you mitigate the situation. Not be in control of it, but make sure that there's an even playing field. You have to give that person the same available and respect that you want to get the point across. You can't talk down to people because it's not going to work. It's just they're going to fire back at you. Yeah. Definitely. So we're on this, and I know that's it's the type of person that you are. How much of this was learned in your training, and then, uh, as far as dealing with people, yeah, you, not much, and, and not much. So it's it, see, and then that's where my issue with the defund the police thing comes in because there's not enough funding to teach that. But how do you teach that? experience yeah you have to give the person that's why we have field training programs so when we're training a new person they're with you for 90 days they they don't do don't do stops they go on calls with you they observe and you set the example so where people are having to learn how to talk to people it's more so observation and how to interact you can't teach someone to have a personality you have your own personality it's developed throughout your life so you either have the personality to do this job or you don't. And that's where a lot of oral interviews will come with the police chiefs. You get a good vibe from that person, yeah, you can work, work with us all day. Then you have to go ahead and train, field training that portion of it. Because everything I learned in the police academy, I don't need to memorize the sections of the vehicle code. I have the book. I don't need to memorize the sections of the crime code. I have the book. I have a reference guide with me constantly. So for us to spend... All the time learning the laws, yeah, it's a necessity. But some of these guys, are like, oh yeah, section thirty-three sixty-two A three—that's a speeding. Ro-. Stop! You have a book. You know, I know thirty-one eleven A is a moving violation. Okay, I get it. Forty-seven zero three is your inspection. That's drilling your brain for repetition, writing the tickets all the time, and you just remember it. And I make cheat sheets for the new people too. You don't have to flip through that book now. Here's most of our current violations. But I'll tell you this: like, you're not going to be able to teach somebody how to talk to anybody else. It's just not something you can teach them. You can show them, but doesn't mean it's going to click and it's going to sink in. So, so you have some people that say that you know they're a part of the defund the, the police movement, but then you have people who say that you know you need to get more training for the police. You need them to be in school longer. What, you need what? to do things longer. I was going to ask you what what what's your opinion on that? For what? You, no, get, no, you get everything no one, you need. No one has said what specifically police need to be trained more in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now. This chokehold stuff that's been going okay. around. Okay. We have a section in our policy and procedure manual that was put in. No chokeholds. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed. 
Okay, whether I agree with that or disagree with that. I'm sorry, but if I'm in a situation where my life's being threatened, I'm going to do what I need to do, but there's a chance that I could get in trouble for that now because I can't, that's a banned hold. Okay, I get that. So, but what exactly do they want us to learn? Well, you can't tell me. So, what do you do for a living? Um, in the middle of changing jobs. Okay, okay. So, like, you're a truck driver. Yes, that's what I do right now. All right. So, all right. So, I've driven my car, but I can't tell you how to drive your truck. I can't tell you how to do your your pre-trip inspection. I know it exists, but I can't tell you how to do that. So, who are these people to tell me you have to do this different? Because you have no idea what I do. I, that's why I welcome people. You want to come ride along with me? Please do. Yep. See what we do. So this will lead into my next problem point. We had a crime watch in Holly, and it, it's kind of fallen by the wayside because of COVID and all that stuff. We really wanted people out around the people. But the head of our crime watch, we set them up to come on a ride along. He's like, I want to see what you do. I said, that's fine. Great dude. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name because I didn't get permission to do that either. But awesome guy. Know him very well. So he said, come on. You can get in the car with me. Dude, I tell him, be there at 6 o'clock. Okay, it's November, so it's dark out already. He pulls in at 5.55. I'm pulling in to meet him. And he gets out of his car. I'm like, get in, get in, get in, get in, get in. What? I said, get in the car. He jumps in. Take off down the road. Underneath the car, a truck is on fire. And he's like, uh, uh. Pulled the car over. Got out, got my fire extinguisher. The guy's catalytic converter caught on fire. Put the fire out. Walked back to the car, sat down right on my log. Call the tow truck for the guy. He goes, how are you so calm? <laughs> I'm like, this is what I'm trying to explain to you. You don't know what's going to happen. And if I'm freaking out, that guy could probably be burning up right now. You have to remain yeah. CCC, cool, calm, collected. You know what you're trained to do. And common sense would be, i got to get that fire out. Oh, I've got a fire extinguisher. That's it. And the guy was forever grateful. He's like, I can't believe you saw that. I'm like, dude, I don't know how you didn't... See the smoke coming out from behind your car, but so to drop on a hat, anything can happen. You don't know. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of uh, what do they call them? Armchair quarterbacks. Oh yeah, Monday morning quarterbacks. Monday morning quarterbacks. So, so that's what yeah. I was going to say. Like, how do you tell me I'm doing something wrong there? <clears throat> how can you tell me to do that differently? Was I supposed to call the fire department? Yeah, we'll just follow you into the other town, and your car's going to blow up because I'm not allowed to stop and pull you over and tell you your car's on fire. You know, you can't tell me how to deal with the situation because every situation is unique. Yeah. And with a lot of the stuff that's going on in the media nowadays, all, all these um, all these incidents that are blown up big time, uh, everybody has a moment to watch it and they get to reflect on it, but they're not in the moment. And you have all these people saying, well, you could have used a taser in this situation or you could have done that. It, you shouldn't have shot her. It was only a knife, this, that, and the other. Yeah, please, like, sir. Wait, let me pull my gun out, my taser instead of my gun. Mm-hmm. And again, you're trained... For certain situations, constantly, we had, um, excuse me, we had a sim house. It's a big movie screen, and you're in a shooting range. Videos showing certain scenarios, and you shot the screen, uh-huh. and you're, you know, you place the screen with the butt with the piece of paper and put it over the bullet hole. But you have to learn those situations. When do you fire? When do you not? We're trained for that. Do you want us to do that all the time? That's fine. You can defund us or defund whoever you want. But you want to train police more? It's going to cost more. Right. And that's what and they're that's not getting. I'm all about training, too. Back, back to Joe Rogan. Rogan, and he's had, he talk, talks to everybody, both sides. <laughs> A lot of military people said, like, with the way cops are out there, A, they need to have a therapist on call for them whenever they, they really need it. Like, 
somebody to talk to to like if they are in a stressful situation yeah. to let it out because you're gonna carry that with you. Yeah, but you have to be able to learn to turn that off. And I'm not saying that everybody has the ability to do that. I'm not saying that I'm perfect in doing that either. But you have to be able to have that switch. There was a sign when I worked in a prison. What you see here and what you see here, when you leave here, leave it here. Mm -hmm. You have to really learn how to do that. You can't take your job home with you. You can't take it to a ball game with you. You know, like, I'm playing softball. That's my out, you know, when I'm able to play. You just you forget everything that's going on. You focus on that. You have to learn to get outlets for that stuff. Um, and I'm just going to rewind back to the training part of this. So since I've started doing this stuff, um, I was able to become a taser instructor, an expandable baton, tactical basic handcuffing, OC, active shooter response. I carry all these teaching certifications now. So I'm able to go and teach other police officers within our departments or people that come ask me to do it how to use these weapons on their on their belts and to do this active shooter response stuff. So, and again, I say, you can't teach people how to react in those situations. The best you can do is inform them, and then they have to cultivate that on their own. You can show them to a certain degree. And if I know that someone's not getting what I'm saying to them, I'm not signing their certification because it's my name. Mm -hmm. And if they get pulled into court because they're excessive force, well, who's your taser instructor? This guy, okay, well, now I'm part of the lawsuit. So you got to make damn sure that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed before you sign your name on that piece of paper. So then what a way to control that is hold, and oh, it may seem like you need to be more responsible for shit, but hold the instructors more responsible on top of it. Like, because you had that lady, I, I believe it was in Minnesota again, where she had her pistol out. And she thought it was her taser, uh, and she pulled the trigger. Oh, that I don't think that was Minnesota. It was Texas or something. No, it was Minnesota. It was, it it was, was another Minnesota, Minnesota yeah. one. And it was the Minnesota you one. literally heard her on on the cam say, "Oh shit, I, I shot, shot him. him." Yep. Thinking she had her taser, but she had her pistol. Now I don't know if that's a problem with the way tasers feel. So oh no, like a pistol. Oh no, or, they don't. There's a huge there's difference. A, there's a big difference, and there's a big difference in the grip too, isn't it? Yeah, I think that was one of those heat of the moment. Terrible mistake that yeah. she made. Well, and she was a veteran, too, wasn't well, she? She was she a field was, training officer. Yeah, she, she was. She was training a new person that she, day. She was 40-some years old. Yeah. She's been on the force for a long yeah. time. And, again, that's one of those things where, yeah, it's a mistake you made, but it's also something that you need to remain accountable for. Mm -hmm. If I make that mistake, I'm going to assume the same thing. Yeah. I, it's my bad. I'll let's, let's deal with it. Like, how do we deal with this? That's a, that's a really costly mistake because, again, tasers are carried on your opposite your, your weak side of your your gun because your gun's supposed to be carried on your strong side so my taser's on my left hip and my gun's on my right side because i'm right-handed so i know i have to cross draw my taser mm -hmm. and you just practice drawing the taser and it's it's ingrained up here it's in your brain so when you pull your gun it's a totally different muscle set and muscle group and movement you've got to practice so that stuff <laughs> <laughs> so now I want to touch on uh, something I, I hit at earlier was with the whole knife thing. You know, people being Monday morning quarterbacks and telling you, "Oh, they only had a knife. You, you should have done this. You should have shot him with a taser. Why'd you? Why'd you have to use lethal force?" Can you can you explain to us why it is you don't want to tase someone coming at you with a knife? Why you're going to draw your pistol instead, or if that's something you do? Because I feel like a, a lot of people just look at someone with a knife and think they're not that dangerous. 
Why? They can kill you with a knife. I, I've always I've always been told they can throw that, that knife at you. I've been told that a knife is a lot more dangerous. You do not want to get cut up with a knife. And then there's something about like a, the closing distance, like if they're closer than twenty one mm-hmm. feet. If they're closer than twenty one feet before you pull your pistol out, you're you're pretty much Okay, so I'll throw the taser part at you. You get someone running at you with a taser. Okay, you got two wires that come out. They have to make a circuit. If you miss with one of those wires, what'd you do? Yeah. Nothing. So now you got to pull your taser shot again after you reload it. Or you may not have to reload it because some of the tasers are semi-automatic now. Say you miss again. Now that person is was 12 feet away. Now they're 3 feet away. You don't have time to pull your gun out. Okay. If someone's making what we call a furtive movement towards you with an intent to cause seriously bodily harm or injury or death, you're authorized to use deadly force. It's just what it is. Yeah. And that same person that's bitching saying, oh... You should have shot them with a taser. Well, if you're getting chased with a knife, what are you going to do? Like, you, you expect the cops to be there and shoot them with a taser too? You feel bad for that person. They're coming at you to kill you potentially or hurt you really bad. It's the, just what it is. The best way I've ever heard this put was by Steven Crowder. I don't know if you ever listened to Steven Crowder, his, no. his podcast. But he says when someone does something like that, they draw a gun on you. They pull a knife out on you and come at you with it. They... He's not saying they deserve to die. He says they are forfeiting their right to live. When you do that to someone, you forfeit your right to live. If you're trying, and I to, love the way it's that's, put. It's a true story, though. If you're trying to commit an act that's going to potentially kill someone or hurt mm-hmm. them, yeah, you deserve the yeah. same. Exactly. You know, and this is just in my experience. People are more afraid of tasers than they are of guns. And I don't understand why. That's, yeah, that's everyone I've, ta- I've seen well, Yeah, but still, like, everyone I've talked to... Oh, don't tase me. Like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't understand it. But you put that little red dot on somebody, the the, the fear factor just takes right over. It's crazy. So <laughs> Maybe it's because they don't want to shit themselves. I don't know. That's on them. <laughs> That's on them. <laughs> all right. So now that we're out of all the technical stuff, I want to hear some fun stories. You got, how about... How about the funniest call you've ever had to go to? Do you have any any like that? Because we did have Jeff last week mention guy called him because of a bear crossing the street. Oh my god, that was see that something, was such say a great something. Story. Yeah, so <laughs> you've got to have like more than a handful of hilarious oh calls. I mean, God, I can't, I wish I would have thought about this before. I had so many, um, and a lot of it tends to be spur of the moment. Um, one night we're running speed. And we pull this car over, and I get out. I ran the plate, get the license. I didn't look at it, who it was, and I go back and sit in the car. And the chief was with me, and he starts laughing. I'm like, what's so funny? It was Mario Andretti. (laughs) Okay, so I'm laughing now because I'm stupid. I didn't look at the guy's thing. I didn't know who he was, but I know the name, obviously. Um, One night coming out of Woodlock, there was a black SUV flying up the road. Pulled him over. It was Michael Strahan. Oh, really? Yeah. The, and he said, Tiki Barber is still back at the party. Do you want to? I said, no, just get the hell out of here. Like, we're done. Did you ask for an autograph at least? No, you can't do that. That's ethics, man. Because yeah. I know you're a Giants fan. Yeah, but still, you can't. That's ethics. I'd have given him a ticket just because. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just tell him when you get off duty, yeah. man. Just tell him when you get off Give me the warning notice and just sign the bottom of that. Um, Funny stuff, though. Like... Dude, I can't really tell you. I didn't even know Strahan had been up this way. Well, they were, yeah, they were, so just many. after the Super Bowl, they were all down there 
for some get together. It was Eli was down there the whole night, a whole bunch. So of them. many famous people come up here. To you don't realize it. Kid Rock's got a house right up the road. You know, Bill was talking about Roger Clemens the other day. Like yeah. he's in the hideout. Like there's so many people. Oh, he is. Really, yeah, he's in well, the hideout. People don't realize how close to the city we are. It's not even that. It's not even that. It's the Poconos. It, it, yeah, it's a it big vacation area that we take for granted every day. But, but we're not yeah. even technically the Poconos. Well, but that's the Poconos. We're just north. Yeah, we're just north of the Poconos. We are, Honesdale is quickly becoming Little Jim Thorpe. That's what I'm calling it. Little Jim Thorpe. Because it's really getting built up a lot now. And yeah. We get more and more tourists every year up here. We really do. All right, so yeah, I just thought of something. So I can't say who or what, but I was working, and there is an RV coming down the road with a tow dolly and a car on it. So another agency pulls this RV over. So out of courtesy, I pull over on the side of the road. And I'm like, I'm just waiting. Like, I waved and said, are you good? He's like, just hold on. I'm like, all right. The guy walks up to the car on the tow dolly and knocks on the window. And the driver of the RV gets out and he goes, can I help you? He was pulling the fucking car over for tailgating. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what in the hell just happened? Wow. So I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. Like, no way. Like, and the guy's just like, have a good day, sir. And I just looked out the window. I'm like, man, I rolled my window up. I didn't say another word and drove away. (laughs) So that's one of the things that you just, you know, it is what it is, but that was when I first started, when I was first on my own. Um, another thing that I did to a friend of mine, so you get to know everybody's cars that you know. I'll tell you two stories, this one, because this one, the second one's, I'm going to yell at Sammy when I see him again, because I do this every time I see him. But a buddy of mine's flying. So I get behind him, I'm pacing the car out, doing 55 and a 35. So I throw the lights on. Doesn't even get the car pulled over, and my, my cell phone's ringing. So I get stopped. I answer the phone. I'm like, hey. He goes, are you working? No, what's up? I just got stopped. I said, by who? Well, I don't know. The guy didn't get out of the car yet. So when he gets up there, give me give me a call. I'll see if I know who it is. All right, cool. Hang up. I'm checking email. I'm checking text messages. I never got out of the car. I sat there for 10 minutes, shut the lights off, and drove away. Then my phone rings. Did you call that guy? I said, no, asshole. That was me. Slow down. So I just wasted 10 minutes of his life. That's beautiful. Because he's an ass. Like, he's constantly just... And the thing is, it's a privilege. Like, I'm privileged. I know you. No, that's not an excuse to go driving like a maniac. So, and then one Wednesday night, Cordero's was playing at the Homer Dome. And I see Sammy driving up the road with Bill in the car. Right in front of the Dollar General, I wave. Sammy spins a U-turn. In the middle of Route 6 and then comes ripping into the parking lot. Hey! I'm like, seriously? Like, this is okay? And then Bill just kind of looks at me and slowly puts his seatbelt on. <laughs> so, like, you two guys are, are just a bunch of jack wagons. Oh, Dude, I got to liken that to... Um, I got to liken that to someone knowing an artist or knowing someone with their own business. 
And they think because they know that person, they're going to get something for free or they're going to get a good discount on something. And like me personally, you know, I'm not going to try to get something from free for free from anybody. I'm going to I'm going to pay my fair share. So if I get pulled over, I mean, you're just going to get out of your tickets because your last name. Not anymore. I don't think anymore. I don't think it'll work anymore. The fuck you wouldn't. I mean, he's still part of the locally. You would still get out of a lot of them because Uh, I don't know about that. Maybe. But I mean. I accept whatever comes my way. But aside from that, I any more of a lot of them because of your last name. I drive like I drive like a grandpa nowadays. So now you I. you say artists, and this is some cool experiences I've gotten from this job. Was we're contracted to do security at Cove Haven. It's when right yes. when the big guys come in, like Howie Mandel. We did security for Bill Engvall, Nelly. Like all these guys come in, and they have us come and do their stuff for them. Um, I got the opportunity to work for Nelly when he came over, and I'll say Mark's name because he's not going to care. But was my birthday present to Mark was I got him tickets to see the Nelly concert, and a friend of mine knew that it was his birthday, and they actually sent him front row center, right down in the pit there. Well, you know where that yeah, is because yeah. you've been in there, right stage center, and the concert was going on. But the cool part about that was is that I don't usually ask for anything from these guys. I'm a huge, huge sneakerhead. I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but I'm terrible with sneakers. Like, I have probably 300 pairs of sneakers, and 100 of them are probably still in the boxes. I've heard that about you. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, well, I didn't say 100 in the boxes because I wear them. I probably got seven, eight pair that are really, like, I'm not doing anything with these till I sell them. So, anyway, I took a pair of Air Jordan 10s. They're the charcoal ones. All blacked out except for a gray toe. Had Nelly sign them. And I gave him to Mark as a housewarming present because I know Mark Mark loves Nelly. Oh, that's dope. But he was legitimately like, yeah, you know, I'll sign whatever you need. Like, some of these guys are awesome to come over there, and then some of those guys are the world's biggest assholes I've ever met. Yeah, I heard Howie Mandel's really cool. Howie's awesome. We'll sit. He'll talk with us. He's been there several times. Oh, my God. He just can't. He can't shake his hand and his fist bump, but he'll talk with us for hours. Talk with us for hours backstage. Um, Bill Engvall was over there all afternoon. We sat with him. He was drinking beer, just shooting the shit with us, I, I talking about nothing. That. He was yeah. so cool. Brad Garrett, another guy that's great. But then you get the other side of the coin. Like my worst experience over there was with Bill Cosby when he came over. This was before all his sexual allegations came out and all the other shit. Like the Cosby Show was big to me when I was growing up, so I was really excited to meet this guy. And he was just a total douchebag to us. Oh, uh, we used to take a picture with with the celebrity that we're watching. Yeah, we'll get the security bullshit out of the way. I didn't even go in the picture. I said, I'm done. Don't ever ask me to come over here and work for this guy. You gonna treat us like that? Nope. Yeah. What scumbag. Not cool at all. I hate I hate when and this is why I I can't I can't give two shits about celebrities because of people that are like that. I mean there are a few that are cool, but something happens in the celebrity world, I don't really give a shit. Yeah. Like so, I've I've seen people get upset over a celebrity dying and whatnot. I'm like, yeah, it is what it is. Doesn't affect me. These people don't give a shit about us. Yeah, they don't know who we are. Care. Right. They don't know who like we are. that. That's that's fucked up. Let's get this security shit over with. Yep. Uh uh-uh, man. Nope. I'm doing a service for you, buddy. Yep. I don't need to be here. Yep. So, has there has there ever been a moment that you've actually like been afraid? Like you, you've you felt that fear. Like you're like, I need to do something now, or I'm in trouble. Um, there's been a few times. I'm gonna give you one extreme, and then one you're gonna be like, Why would you be afraid of that? But I'll explain to it why. Um, the first one was when I initially started, and I was like I said, 90 day probation. 
you're with your field training officer. So about we were working a 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. shift. At 11 o'clock at night, the chief pulls in front of the garage and he says to me, so what do you think? What do you mean? He's like, do you like your job? I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, we're going to cut you loose. I'm like, you're going to fire me? He's like, no. He says, we're going to cut you loose. What does that mean? He says, you're on your own. Go get the keys to the, we had a, at the time an old Crown Victoria. Go get the keys. Go. You're on your own. Okay, cool. So, you know me. I'm 28 years old at the time. I'm like, yeah, this is great. I'm on my own now. Get in the car. And I drive about not even a quarter mile up the road. And I stopped on one of the side streets and I sat. I don't want to say I was scared, but what am I supposed to do? Because I have my boss telling me where to go, how to do it, and when to do it. And that was the moment, going back to what you originally said, I realized I have freedom. I don't have someone telling me where to go, what to do, and how to do it. You just have to do this, this, and this according to our policy. And everything was great after that. But that that freaked me out a little bit because I was like, "Eh, I don't want to screw this up. Yeah, then everything's on you. Right. That was the point. That was the whole, I don't want to fuck up. And thankfully, I didn't. It was good. Um, It's led to a couple promotions and, like I said, some more professional experience and development there. Um, The one time I was really scared for us as a whole was we had a call about a, a car accident that the car left the scene. So we were able to locate the car without getting into too many specifics, but we were able to figure out where they went. Um, we get to where this vehicle is now in the road, abandoned, but it's like pretty close to where the person lived. And so we call for backup because we don't know what's going on. And you hear, bang, 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 bang. Oh, shit. They're shooting. So now you hear where it's coming from, but it's 11 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. You don't. You can't see the person, where they are, what they're shooting at. So now that's the pucker factor sits in, and it's it was real. And the, the, when it really under, hit me at home was when we called on dude. When we called off duty that night, the person that was dispatching said that was difficult because I knew what was going on, and I know you guys, and I didn't want anything to happen to you, and that's what scared me. And it's like wow, it's actually. Accurate because we don't know what was going to happen to us at that time either. So that that was kind of a weird situation. We end up without incident getting the person in custody and did what we had to do, you know. But it, it was that was the time where yeah yeah shit got real. Yeah, I can imagine. So, I mean that right there rang in my head that the whole Eric Freen thing. Uh-huh. You obviously were the police officer at the time, and it's really fucking close. <laughs> So like, so how did that affect the your job as a police officer ten minutes from where? It just really drove home the fact that one, well, people don't realize they didn't find out who this was. I think Brian was shot on a Friday night, and they didn't realize who the who was what they were looking for till Monday. So you have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and half the day Monday. Who is it? You're chasing a ghost. You don't know who you're looking for. For all I know, it could have been one of you two. Yeah, that was a crazy You know, time. And that's where you're on heightened alert because you don't know. You're watching everything going on around you. This person's going to shoot a cop. They're going to shoot anybody. I so, heard. I remember hearing the gunshots ring out that night because I was living in Tafton at the time. So when that happened, and for those of you that are listening that don't know, um, 
Eric Freem. Do we remember the year that that happened? I don't remember the year that happened. 2014, I believe. Yeah, it was somewhere in the yeah. mid-teens there. I think it was 14. Eric Freen was someone who ambushed some state police officers locally as they were leaving their shift for the night. Um, they walked out the front door and he killed one and severely injured the other. He did recover, though, right? The other one recovered? Yes. And then there was this massive manhunt that went underway just to try to find this guy. Like Up he until Halloween that year. It was, it was over it took, a month. It took a long time. He had prepared everything. He... He had these little um, places that he hunkered down in the woods. He had prepped it all. He wore he wore Depends or whatever it was, the diapers and stuff that he didn't have to leave his hiding spots so he could yep. you know, piss himself and whatnot. I remember but it was they, a really crazy situation about around Halloween for the kids because they didn't know where he was. Yeah, and it, it just so happens that that night it was probably uh, trick or treating in Holmesdale lands at what. 8.30? Yeah, they actually caught him the night before Halloween. So it was, But it was trick-or-treating in Holmesdale because I remember walking around Mm -hmm. with Phoebe and Janelle and Xander and getting the message at like 6.30, 7 o'clock, looked at my phone. Well, that was the night of the Halloween parade. Was it? I think it was the parade night. No, no, you're right. It was trick-or-treating in Yeah, because I just remember a whole weight just dropping off, like, because I'm on heightened alert. Everybody was. Like, I'm just like... Everybody was. And I see that and I showed... My wife at the time, and I was just like, "Oh, yeah, it's crazy." It but like, I couldn't imagine being well, a police officer. So yeah, we didn't know. Like I said, we were chasing a ghost, and then the state police were asking us to cover extra territory because they're obviously where they were. Yeah. So okay, Resources we'll, we'll take care of it. Like, well, I mean, I remember they had eighty four. They had lines of state police cars for miles yeah. on both sides. And it's nothing but fucking farmland. The weird part about this was that, what do you? This is what from my read. He told the investigators that they were flying a chopper for something else, and he thought that the chopper was already looking for him. So he shut his headlights out and just had his marker lights on. Had he been able to leave his headlights on, he's gone. He dumped his car in a, retain, a retention pond in someone's property. If he was able to keep those headlights on, he's gone. No one knows who did it. And so is that why he ended up staying at that resort right outside of Strasburg? Well, so he was working. So they thought he was still in the area. And at one point, and again, I'm hoping I'm accurate with what I'm saying because I really wasn't that too involved. I mean, I was trying to keep up with as much as I could. But at some point, he turned on his cell phone to call home. And they pinged his phone and packed everything up that was in Blooming Grove and went down after him. So we offered services to go down and give a hand when we could, but that was like the main frame where they were after him because they knew, okay, he's here now. He moved from here to here, and he was on the run for 40-something days. Yeah, because they found him in that hangar right right outside of that. They didn't find him in the hangar. He actually came out to go to the bathroom. He came out to take a piss. Oh, did he? And the U.S. Marshals saw him. And yeah, because that, that eventually went federal and all of it. They had everybody in. Everybody. Marshals, you name it, they were down there. I, I mean, I've heard some stories, not that they can be confirmed, but, like, they say you put up a fight just to, like, fucking crack him one nah, or two. I don't know. I wasn't there. So <laughs> I just, I know the picture. So he, he definitely, his face definitely <laughs> hit something. Well, what they did was when they took him into custody, he was on the tarmac. So they put him on the they, ground yeah. and could have... You know, yeah. whatever happened, happened. But that was, he was right outside of that. What the hell is that resort that's all shut down? It's on 440. I think it's 440. 
It used to be like a big resort down by Stroudsburg. No, 440, down in Stroudsburg. Oh, I don't know. I'm tra- I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the name of it right now either. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. But that, that's where they think he was like holding up for the most part because there's still a whole bunch of shacks and shit there. But yeah, that had to be nerve-wracking as a cop. It was nerve-wracking for everybody. Yeah. It wasn't just for us. Yeah, but more, more nerve-wracking for a cop just for the simple fact that it was yeah. state police officers that were targeted. Yeah. And it's in such close proximity. Yeah, yeah dude, my, my kids were petrified. My kids were yeah. petrified of it. Like, our, our, our cable went out for a day, and uh, my kid's like, uh, our cable's out because of Eric Frayne. <laughs> like I, okay, I don't know where that came from. I mean, he he was listening to us, listening to the radio, and but like you the were working at Tanglewood, and how many places up there were there for him to hide out, which isn't far from the well, yeah, because the, cause the property there goes right up to the state that, and game lands, state and there's like a driveway there. Up there. Yeah. yeah, and we have so many resorts that he could have hid out on because it, it was it was, it was a very odd time off season. Anything on the lake wasn't really busy. He could have been in any shack he wanted to be in yep so now that we're winding down here to the end of this um what do you think needs to happen to get people over this thing where they think cops are bad all cops are bad how like how do you how do you think we like we get everyone to see a brighter light here people need to start accepting responsibility for their own actions and people need to learn how to be decent human beings again that's really what it boils down to. Because, again, like I go back to saying, we everybody's a lawyer. I'll pull you over for running a stop sign. I stopped. How do you fight that? Yeah. I got dash cam footage. If I got a dash cam in my car, I've got a body camera on me. If I've got my body camera on. Then you go to the court. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't just be decent. Yeah. Like, get over yourself, admit your wrongs, and be done. It's really that simple. Okay, take your lumps. That's it. Pay the ticket. No one is perfect. No one ever is perfect. I'm not perfect. No one is perfect. You, everybody makes mistakes. That's it. I may, I screwed up. I'm sorry. Boom. We're done. It's a lot like parenting. It, it really is a lot like parenting because I have these conversations with my kids. Like they they hate to get yelled at, but I'm like, listen, man. If you if you do what you're supposed to do, be good, be respectful. There's no problem. No one needs to yell. No one needs to get in trouble. Exactly. But and I'm so also Paulie's daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but that goes for police as well. So to all the guys that are, I don't want to say asshats, but don't know how to talk to people, learn or get another job. Yeah. Because there's probably four or five for every fifty, maybe a hundred that give us a bad name. Yeah, and, it, and those um, are the ones people. But those are the ones that people to. exactly, yes. and that's where social media is a problem. Yep. Because before all this stuff, you wouldn't hear about any of this stuff unless you watch the local news at five o'clock. Now everything is blown up. Like I said, everybody's an attorney. Everybody's got their opinion online. Their money, money quarterback. It, it's stupid. Shut up. You know nothing about what you're talking about. It is, and it's wild because if you look at the media, you look at the mainstream media, you look at CNN, MSNBC, whatever you want to look at. They play one story per month. Say say it's one story per month where it's this awful interaction. Something horrible happens. That that amounts to 12 a year that are that bad. How many police interactions are there every single year with citizens? Millions upon millions. And you don't have this happen. Mm -hmm. So it always kills me and it hurts me to see that people are trying to shine such a horrible light on police officers and saying that all cops are bad when it's really just a handful of interactions. 
So then the question would be, in your opinion, is there a way, a better way to weed out those cops that are coming in, taking the job as just a power trip? There doesn't need to be more training. There needs to be, in my opinion, a better interview and background process. That that's Give these people scenarios to answer. Not one or two questions. You know, that's what it really boils down to. Give them scenarios. Give them written tests. How would you handle this? How would you handle that? But here's the other problem. It's just like your psychological evaluation. You can write any answer you want. You can fool those tests. Yeah. You can fool someone into knowing, well, I know this isn't the right answer. This is how I would handle it. But I'll give them the one that they're looking for. You know, so if you do the multiple guests, I call them, it's not going to work. Make someone write out an answer for you. But even then, they can still fool you on that. So you're never going to know until you're actually interacting with those people. And they're put in a situation that's either really fucked up or really difficult for them to deal with. That's why I think the body cams are such a great thing. 100%. Body cams are a great thing. And I think the chiefs need to not be afraid to hold these people accountable. Like if if there's multiple situations where you know this guy's not going to be good for the community... Don't be afraid to let them go. That's a it. lot of the times in the big cities, though, that's not the chief's call. That 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 goes to like the mayor in right? New York. That goes right to the mayor. Like, yeah, but still, there's a disciplinary process. You need to follow it. Right. Yeah. There's a chain of command. So whoever's at the top of that to, chain, you you have to hold police officers just as accountable for their actions as you hold citizens. Yeah. yeah. And right. like, I, I, I I'm one to believe that you know cops deserve a little more lenience. Just because of the situation you're put in, like some of the shit, like you know, split second as decisions, like as as on the job decisions you make, like like if you decide to take somebody down and somebody else, somebody tells you you shouldn't have fucking done that, well, look, you got to give them a little lenience because you're not in that situation, you right? Gotta, so that's but that's and I get what you're saying, and I'm just gonna play devil's advocate because I agree with what you're saying, but there's gonna be times where you're not gonna be able to have that lenience because you're gonna hurt somebody. Or you're going to do it in the wrong instance. Just like, so we're taught when you when you have to deploy your taser, you can't shoot somebody that's riding a bike. Why? Because they'll fall and hurt themselves. Correct. But there might be an instance where the guy needs to get shot off his bike. Why? You have to, there's so many whys and ifs. And that's the thing. Everything's like, a case-to-case yep, scenario. It's, it's a case-by-case basis. You're 100% and, correct. And to go back to your, your chokehold thing from earlier, it was on my mind. I Crowder said it. And and Rogan said it. Honestly, cops should have jujitsu training. Why? It's 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 not a martial art that is intended to hurt somebody. It's it's learning how to use your weight to maneuver and detain somebody kind of. who the, your competitor in in the sport to to use your weight to maneuver their body in a way you need it to be. In order to stop them from moving. But, but we're already taught that in defensive tactics training in the police academy. Yeah, but it, the, the point I was trying to get to there was... Like, I love getting him going. <laughs> the the, the <laughs> chokehold part of it is, if a chokehold is put on the correct way, it's not going to kill somebody. Don't matter. It's, it's going to black them out. It's banned, and this is why. It's not so much that it's going to kill somebody. It's the perception yes. that you yeah. see a cop... With their hands or their arms around someone's neck. They're trying to kill him. Okay, you're not asking the real question. What did they do to put themselves in that position? Yes. That's the questions we need to be asking. Ask those questions all day long. 
But you need to know the basis of why it is. And I'm not saying that every time that someone's in a chokehold, they deserve to be. Because, again, that goes back, again, right. case by case, person by person, cop by cop. You get these rogue guys that think, yeah, it's cool, I'm going to go out here and fuck somebody. Yeah, that's no, that's not what you're here for. You're here to protect people, not harm them. That's really what it is. People, like I tell people, I don't give tickets, you earn them. You know? That's a good way to put it. <laughs> I worked for a, a guy. You didn't get a DUI. You got a special driving trophy. That's it. You earned that. <laughs> you earned the special, special driving. driving award. We don't give anything away. You got to meet certain criteria to earn that prize, okay. man. Wish Little League was like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just ended our Little League season. That was a that was a fun time. All the trophies were the same size. Almost. I saw your Facebook post. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different story for a different day. Yeah. <laughs> so when we were when we were talking about getting this show on the road and getting you in here to do this, uh, you told me that you want to do a ride along. So we have that to look forward to soon. Yep. Um, that's going through the the proper channels to get approved, and we will be doing a ride along. And, and it will be fun to talk about. Afterwards. Yeah, we'll do we'll do while we're on that ride along, we'll probably do a couple of videos, and maybe we'll do some you know quick clips, quick interviews while we're in in the car that's probably and fine then, and then we'll do a uh do a follow-up episode that's cool to discuss everything that happened there what do you think that'd be fun yeah yeah i'm gonna put him in the back though it caught me off guard i actually didn't know I've you wanted to do a ride along so that was that was pretty before. cool well i didn't I, it just hit me like well why don't i just bring them with me yeah. and then i realized like this is a pretty big setup so we obviously can't take this with us yeah. but even if we have you set up in the room next door to our station so that way, when we're done, we can just jump right in. That way, nothing's missing, yeah. and I you mean, guys can talk about what we did. All this way. stuff can travel. I mean, it's just yeah. a laptop and we'll have microphones. We'll send that a couple days out so I know when to be there and get you in there. But, yeah, you'll have fun and watch my luck. Nothing's going to go down. <laughs> Nothing happen, exciting. Right. It's either that or we're going to see you body slam someone on the hood. If the car, car backfires, I will save my meatball sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, quiet days for us are good days. Yeah, That's yeah. how I look at it. You Absolutely. Absolutely. So I had a lot of fun. Um, guys, we uh, can be found now on Instagram at MDT Podcast. We're trying to get everything centralized. You can find us on YouTube still, MD, or Nonsense Deep Thoughts Podcast on there. You can find us on Facebook at Nonsense and Deep Thoughts Podcast as well. I had a lot of fun today. It was great talking to a local officer. Aaron, we had fun having you in here. Thanks. I appreciate thanks you guys having me. And we're going to definitely have to do this again. Yeah, we we'll definitely will. And uh, one more thing, Jeff, thanks for telling me you quit. You're a jackass, <laughs> and I did yell at him, but yeah, he didn't tell me that. I was pretty he deserves more of it, though. Oh, so sure, right? before we go, I got to remember he said the trench coat mafia. Oh yes, all right. You were so tell me about this, this is the, the dumbest thing that we ever started to do. It's not <laughs> the trench coat mafia you're thinking of. So we have to call into comm center and tell them like we're on duty. So let the state police know that we're there, so they don't have to cover. So I don't know how this even started, but the joke started with, "Are you wearing your trench coat?" And that's all we're supposed to wear. We're patrolling. We're supposed to go knock on the comm center's door and just open our trench coat. So Jeff has this vinyl machine, and he actually made stickers that say Trench Coat Mafia with, like, the hat, the whole nine. It's hysterical. That dude's <laughs> weird. I love him to pieces. But he comes up with the weirdest shit, and I just laugh at him. Oh, you aren't kidding me. Some of his snaps he sent me, dude. I, I don't want to talk about it now. but He's a blast. Dude. We need to get him and Jeff on a podcast. Together. Oh, the I need in? one more microphone, man. We'll share this one. The, 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 they could just Jeff. Yeah, I mean, they, Jeff's tiny. They can, Jeff can sit right on his lap. Jeff, see, and Jeff could probably tell you more about what I've done 
Because he was the dispatcher. Like, he would tell us, like, hey, we got this call. He probably got more of a memory of shit like that than we do because we're just constantly it's constantly filtering out. But yeah. it'd be awesome to have him in here. Oh, my God. You guys want to laugh. Oh, I had a lot of fun oh, last that week. that would be a blast. We need to set that one up. Yeah, he's a he's a goof. That would be great. Ride yeah. along and then Jeff and Aaron. Yep. yep. Yeah, that'd be a Ride good time. Ride along and then Jeff and Aaron. I'm down. I know sister-in-law wants to come on, so we need to work her on, too. Oh, yeah, she does. Christy yeah. does want to come on, but uh, we'll have to see what she wants to talk about. Guys, that, that that's another good point, too. We are looking for more people who want to jump onto the show with us and sit down and chat. Uh, if you or someone you know wants to be a part of the podcast, please shoot us a message at any outlet. You can even find Justin or I on our private social media accounts as well. Once again, thank you all for hanging out with us today, and we will be back next week. See you.